welcome back to Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Hootink, and Christian Conway made it with us today. <laughs> MLS heard us bellyaching about playing all the Texas teams in the span of two weeks, and so they gave us both California teams in the span of three days. And right now, um, you know, even though LA Galaxy have won, or at least been undefeated, 12 out of 16 meetups with LAFC, a loss at the bank still stings. I was really hoping that we could have gone out come out of there stealing a win yeah, or at I least mean, a draw well it was a, a complex game i think that's 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 very easy to say and it's and it's of course it's el trafico i mean drama runs high it's an emotional day for everyone involved players fans uh mls media i was i was briefly listening to extra time on the uh the way in and and, and they were saying you know it was just it was crazy uh which it, it always is i mean it's it's a, it's a very significant rivalry so i i, I think it's going to be interesting to see how tomorrow night shapes out but you know, honestly, I look at how they played and, you know, I'm going to be honest, I, LAFC just got got it better on the night. Um, I think the Galaxy, they tactically were just a little not to the races that night. Um, I think they, they, they were a little too naive in terms of the way that they allowed LAFC to play with them rather than necessarily play against them in terms of tactical ideology. I think it was it was, it was an odd, it was an odd game because it flowed kind of weirdly, right? Because you think about those first 20 minutes, LAFC just is absolutely slamming everything down the galaxy's throats. And yet they're coming right back on the counterattack. And then everything starts to slow down just that little bit. So Fuentes gets his goal true, but then the galaxy started to get the foot in the game, started to be a little bit more proactive. They opened that second half with the goal that really kind of gets them going. And then there's never a response. And then of course, Carlos Vela goes nuclear for five minutes in the 70th into the 75th. And then all of a sudden it's game over. It's, so it was one of those games where it's kind of hard to fully break down exactly what happened in each moment of the game state. It was more just, it really did feel like both teams were kind of, I almost want to say it was like a heavyweight bout where both teams were throwing punches and it was just the other team responding to the next punch sequence. Right? Like it did feel just a little bit like that response, like, okay, so we're going to do this. And then the other coach is like, okay, well, we'll tactically do this. And it never felt like there was ever, ever, like, I mean, there was, there was minor things that were like, this was a constant over the 90 minutes. I, I point to, for example, LAFC having C. Fuentes park behind wherever Marky Delgado was positioned and then using his long passing ability to unseat the Galaxy's defense for the Galaxy. I think the fact that having Delgado rove as this forward attacking number, you know, six, eight was actually not a bad idea. He just needed someone to pair with him. Uh, so, it, so it was kind of this odd flowing game in, in terms of who was in the ascendancy and who was kind of on the back foot. And I mean, it's three to a fair result. I think we both talked about this uh, in our in our text thread after the game. I think our general consensus was it probably should have been a draw. But I do also I, I can also understand a world in which the Galaxy lose because simply the LAFC were just a little bit better in the midfield on the night. And honestly, I went into this game thinking the LA Galaxy were either, it, I mean, I, I get very polarized when it comes to games like this. It's like either I go in like super optimistic, yeah, we're going to win this or super doom and gloom, like we're getting clobbered. And on our, you know, based on the last episode, I'm really glad that we didn't get clobbered. I do think that, you know, a couple of the guys, especially Edwards, um, let the game get to him um i just noticed a lot of mistakes that he doesn't normally make um you know i was really proud of the goals that were made by the galaxy and then like two of those lafc goals you can't even 
hate on. They were just good goals. Um, I mean, you can hate them all you want to, but you know what I mean? Like from a soccer standpoint, they're skillful. I mean, this is a reason that LAFC is in first place. Um, you know, it should have been a draw, especially since Efrain was clearly taken out in the box and that should have been a penalty kick. But again, on the day, LA Galaxy, the refs are always against us and, you know, they just have to be in a position where calls like that are just not going to affect um, the result of the game. And then it is MLS. So, you know, that's, that is what's going to happen. Um, I was really proud to see the galaxy be able to get possession very quickly. Delgado really tore it up. Uh, and really, I was, I mean, I think everybody did as best as they could, you know, um, it's not an easy stadium to play at uh, in that environment. I mean, there's a reason not just because tickets are $300, but there's a reason I don't really, I don't go to the bank. I know I go over there for Angel City games, uh, but other than that, no, I don't attend El Trafico games there. Um, and I really shout out the people who, who, who do travel. I mean, LA Galaxy fans are number one uh, in attendance for away games, and we could really hear you guys. So, I, so to, yeah. to your point about ferocity in that stadium, I've watched a ton of El Traficos on TV, you know, and, and, and have been in that stadium uh, for El Trafico before. Unfortunately, I, uh, I chose not to attend this one. It did feel a little bit more tense than it's ever felt before. And, and, and I'm a little bit surprised my prediction of someone getting sent off didn't happen because it did look, and, and I agree with you that Raheem Edwards, especially, it did look in those, that first 15 minutes, the Galaxy were really trying to force the issue in the sense of, you know, very tense passes, very tense decision-making, very tense uh, sequences of play. But then as they calmed down, they looked a little bit more in control, a little bit more within themselves, a little bit more like, hey, you know, we're going to be okay, which I think was a very fascinating point. And had they played that first 15 minutes a little bit calmer, I think, you know, it, it's a different story. And again, to your point about the FRA penalty, for me, I've seen that not given. I've seen it given. It's a 50-50 penalty. I would have liked VAR to just take a look at it. But again, what I kind of, the old adage I always keep in my head is on the field, they deal in absolutes. It's either a penalty or it's not. Us in the podcast world and the media world and the fan world, we deal on the what ifs and the what could have beens. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I it was weird. It, it was kind of one of the, it was, it was so incredibly hyped. And I, re I remember watching the ESPN pre-show and they just could not stop talking about how critical this Trafico was to the global kind of understanding of El Trafico. And I, and I, I kind of said to myself, but they've lost both of them this year. Like how, how does this one, the one that defines the season. And I know they have to sell a TV show and I understand selling a TV show to the casual sports fan in the United States when it comes to soccer is a very difficult thing to do. I get that they have to, especially around El Trafico, you have to uh, uh, deal in hyperbole and uh, all those kind of uh, literary topics. Again, I, I, I think Julian Araujo is probably my biggest winner on the night. I thought he was, that's probably the best game he's had in a Galaxy jersey this season. Um, Mark Delgado proved that they, he needs reinforcement in the midfield. If we're going to allow Ryan to kind of rove around as a, a free floating eight to find the game. And I think that, and again, I, I popped out a tweet in, uh, in this game and I, I said, oh, so that's why they signed Brugman. And a lot of people asked me, well, they need an attacking midfielder. What you're, you're crazy. And I said, no, because if you look at this game and you look at the, the player positioning map for this game. I mean, Herrera's, or not Herrera, excuse me, I was listening to a bit about the Houston game. 
Uh, Delgado is out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, he's literally in the center of that midfield, but there's no one around him. And I understand the expansiveness idea that, well, if you have everyone very expanded around him, LAFC has to start making decisions about, okay, are we going to go defend Efrain or are we going to let Ryan rove around or, you know, Raheem Edwards is coming up, you know, on the side and then Julian's attacking, like, what do we, you know, and it's this concept to pull apart a team and then Delgado running into space, charging, finds Dan or Chicharito on the run. Good things happen usually when that happens. But I do think they just needed a little bit more steel in the midfield. And I point to the position of uh, Sefuentes in this game because Sefuentes is literally behind where anywhere Mark Delgado would be. And so when Mark had to commit forward to, to you know, head off a pass, Sefuentes just floats into that space that's now vacated. And then he just immediately, if the ball turns over, boom, LAFC is going downhill and they're going downhill fast. And that's a team that can do that. And I think I point to that five-minute stretch where the Galaxy concede two goals. And it was like, man, the lifeboats kind of thing. I mean, they were out to sea for that five minutes. And it was because just the disruption of the shape and the shape couldn't keep up and the shape didn't have time to settle in. That's going to happen in a game. Uh, it's just very good teams are going to punish you. And guess LAFC is a very good team. I mean, look at the table right now. I don't think they played particularly poorly. I think the doom and gloom side of things, that want to fire Vanny for that double substitution that says that's the problem. I don't think that's exactly what happened here. I think there was a couple of other structural issues that were just waiting to be exploited. So I, I'm not necessarily on this, this concept of, oh, this is all on Vanny. I think he had a decently good idea of a game plan. The problem is with the player pool that he has, the 4-4-2 is a stopgap option while they try to figure out how to play Vanny's preferred 4-2-3-1 which was so reliant on the wingers. Well, look at what he's got. He's got Grancier, who has had a disappointing season, I'd say, on the offensive production side. Defensively, he's been brilliant. Kevin Cabral, we all kind of know the problems there. And then Douglas Costa, who, well, I will refer you to Hercules Gomez in terms of how I feel about that situation. Uh, so I think, you know, bringing in Brugman brings a little bit more defensive solidity in the midfield. They need that, I think, the games they've lost against very good teams, that's been a common byline, is that they just defensively get out to see, and it's, it, it hurts them. Um, and I think maybe going into the 3-5-2, frees up Raheem Edwards and Julian to get a little bit more forward and, and gets Chicharito and Jovalich on the field at the same time, and then also allows you to put some bodies in midfield to make it very difficult for teams to operate against you. And I just would have loved to see the 3-5-2 in this game. I think it would have been really good to see, and maybe that would have hurt you know, LAFC in terms of Sefuente is being able to float into space that they couldn't pick up on. It would have also kind of forced Vela to be a little bit more at home, which I think would have really helped them. But yeah, I mean, this is, this was one of those games where it's just, this is where the galaxy are right now in terms of the roster, the way things are going and the emotion around the team. This is just where they are. This was a test game and they played the best team in MLS right now and they failed the test. That's not surprising. I thought they made a good effort of it, but again, like I said, you and I operate in the half spaces in the what could have been. And well, this wasn't bad, but they operate in the did you win? Did you draw? Did you lose? Unfortunately, they lost. Well, I, I definitely feel like I understand why people are frustrated and, and blaming Vanny, um, you know, but when you look at how and if you've been listening to us, you know, the struggle that the Galaxy have been having this season and that this is a rebuild year and that again, and that you need to continue to be patient. I know that we are 
and there's a reason that issue three of Elia's Our House magazine is is called, you know, process in waiting. Like we're still waiting to see these results. And, you know, we put a lot of weight. We put a lot of merit um, in El Trafico games, understandably so. But we also have to keep in mind that the West is very tight and, you know, the Galaxy need to be tested like this. I'm actually glad that it was only 3-2 that considering all the issues the Galaxy have that we're lucky, like I said, that they didn't get totally beat over there. I mean, you know, there's still, um, as if you were listening to the broadcast, I think it was Twelman who said, um, you know, there's still skeletons in the closet that come out for LAFC. Literally the two goals that Galaxy scored, LAFC is caught standing. I felt like if this was a FIFA game, it's like somebody froze them <laughs> and they weren't moving, you know, but um, at the same time, you know, the Galaxy, they got their goals and they I really thought that they were going to get a third. So with that said, we're looking at San Jose Earthquakes now. No, go ahead. Quickly to your point about skeletons in the closet. When Ryan scored that goal in the 81st, my brain immediately said they're getting a third because it just looks like LESC from then on was hanging on for dear life. That that don't discount that. I think that's something, you know, if we end up playing LAFC in the playoffs and we get into another situation like that, don't discount that moment. Absolutely. And we've seen how the Galaxy have been able to step it up. Uh, you know, I I still obviously have my, my reservations about how we would match up against LAFC in the playoffs. But, you know, this is MLS. This is the Western Conference, literally anything can happen. So there's definitely no reason to give up or to lose hope. And I really felt like the galaxy really kept trying on the pitch. I mean, you know, compared to other El Traficos, maybe this one is another blah kind of um, not as, not as exciting, but I definitely, even though we lost, I'm, I'm not all that disappointed. Like I've definitely felt worst um, in, in past matches. So, um, you know, that said, there is no reason, I think, for the Galaxy um, not to get a win against San Jose at home, a team that is sitting in 13th place, and we're lucky the Galaxy have only slipped down to fifth. Um, you know, San Jose right now, they're kind of on like a two-game unbeaten uh, thing going on. Um, you know, they celebrated a win against and I have it right here just one second um against Chicago and then um they drew with Toronto so you know um this is a this is you gotta remember this is the Cali Classico this is the original rivalry this is a game that I would say now the galaxy can can get their gusto back they can really you know not let California get taken from them um you know, how do you feel about beating a 13th place earthquakes that isn't as good as it used to be? Well, I mean, beating San Jose is always a joy, right? Like that's, that's the most, one of the most, the, in terms of the, the four games of the year that are the most important outside of the playoffs, it's San Jose's, the San Jose series and the LFC series. So honestly, they could be in second, they could be in 15th, they could be in, you know, anywhere and beating them is the most important thing. I think this game is really fascinating because San Jose is a very different proposition than maybe they were two months ago when they were being coached by um, uh, Matias Almeida. They've gotten a little bit better, a little bit sharper, and a little bit more, I don't know if cautious is the right word, but they're, they're smarter about what they 
exercise risk on. They still have yet to win a game on the road this year. They've, you know, they, they've lost six of them. Like, so, so there, there is a reason to believe that the galaxy can look at this game and comfortably feel like, Hey, you know what? Let's let what happened in El Trafico go. You know, that was an emotional game. That was a very hardly charged game. This is going to be a little bit more mellow. San Jose really is trying to figure out what next year is going to look like. It feels like uh, in terms of coaching staff, in terms of uh, players, in terms of how this is, how the system is going to work. Uh, and also, I mean, they beat a bad Chicago side and they drew to a bad Toronto side. So like, I'm not putting too much stock in this two game run. I mean, Toronto is, is not uh, particularly something that I, I have found uh, per- to be incredibly something to write home about this season. Uh, but again, you have to beat your rivals and especially at home. And this is a very good opportunity. You know, the, if you look at San Jose, they give a lot of space in the midfield of the galaxy are going to eat that alive. I mean, their center backs, I have a lot of questions about. Guess what? Chicharito and Jovlich are probably really hungry right now. Um, Ryan, the, 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 the Madagascar and Maradona is kind of on fire right now. So I, I, I like what I, I, there was individual passages of play that if I apply it to a worse team like San Jose, I'm like, yeah, they're going to score goals. So I expect goals in this. The defense is a question for me, for the Galaxy. Uh, I think that midfield to that back line to midfield connection struggled a little bit at times in El Trafico. Uh, and I, I think Raheem Edwards, he's regressing to the mean in terms of form. He's going to need to have another big game to kind of get himself going again. But I agree. This is a game where they can build up some energy again. And I, and like I said, on the, on our preview show for the, uh, for El Trafico, I said, if they get through this stretch of three games, you know, away to LAFC home to San Jose, away to Colorado with six points. That's not the end of the world. Like it's, it's not. And you know, they're fifth in the conference. The conference is always going to be just again, a heavyweight bout as I, as I kind of alluded to earlier, it's, I'm not, I'm not saying this isn't a, a, a three points elect, you know, boom, book it. Don't need to watch it tomorrow. Obviously we play the game for the reason that we love the drama of it. Drama can happen. And, and especially in this fixture. Uh, but I just, I, I just feel with the way that I've seen, San Jose this year, they have moments of good, but they have not put it together on 90 minutes of good. And I would say the Galaxy had more moments of good than necessarily San Jose has had. Now, San Jose has been good at uh, at, at uh, the Dignity Health Sports Park recently, um, but they've never won uh, consecutive regular season ma- away matches at Dignity. So that kind of provides some confidence. And I do just think Chicharito and, and, and if Jovalich starts and that, if they go back to the 4-4-2, which I I have my questions about, then they're going to get a couple of very good looks and I would bet on them, you know, dollars to Betsy to score every time. So I, I don't think, obviously I'm never going to say it's a guaranteed three points on this pod. We don't do predictions. It's our, fam- our, our famous tagline, but I do just feel pretty good about three points tomorrow night. And it would be really great to see Jovalich be able to get his, um, his spark back dare I say like as if he lost it but I just think he's just been quiet the last couple of games and then you've seen Ryan come come alive so it's really interesting but I really think this is a chance yeah let me briefly kind of I've I've said this before on this podcast that in a two striker system one does the hard work one does the goal scoring Jovlich is the guy that's been doing the hard work Cheech is supposed to be the guy that's doing the goal scoring I actually disagree with the fact that we need to get Jovlich firing we got to get Chicharito firing he's been kind of quiet recently and I, I that's a concern because he needs to be a guy that's fighting for the golden boot 
every year in order for the galaxy to be successful. He's kind of struggled a little bit in this mid part of the season. And I, I think they need to get a couple more goals out of him just to get him going. And I think that helps you get going as well. Well, I mean, I know that's what Vasquez is doing there. And I know that I've seen, we've seen Chicha like fling himself out there. It's just to really try to get um, on those balls, but um, yeah, Galaxy just need to tighten it up and and yeah, feed the ball to Chicho. I, th- I think I think you're right. Um, I, I think you're right, but at the same time, like we just want to win. <laughs> I think it's where I'm also coming from, and I'm just like, just shoot it, just score. At this point, you know, um, I I don't really care who's who's doing the scoring. Um, um, I'm reading online that. Costa might still be injured, which again, uh, is not like a huge loss for us, but again, a guy that has been labeled a bust officially. Now it's like, I don't know what, what we, what we have to do to, to make these final things click, um, and finally work, but Douglas uh, Coast yeah. is a, a fascinating kind of conversation because I'm, I, I'm sympathetic to a player who is dealing with injury, you know, that that's sometimes something out of your control, you know, tearing an, or, you know, tearing a hamstring, you, you're, you're running, you're pushing. But the fact of the matter that, you know, I agree 110% with what Hercules Gomez said on, on football Americas the other night, it, you have been serving a two game suspension. Fair enough. You know, you have the free time on the calendar. If the club has said, you know, do whatever you want to do. Fair enough, but don't post it. You know what I mean? Like, just don't, hold the, the, the bullseye on you. And, and, and to the point about injuries, it's not just been one, it's been two, it's been three, it's been four. And I'm starting to believe this isn't just him being unlucky. It's just him not caring. And at this point, if I'm Vanny right now, I walk into that locker room and I say to every single player in that locker room, because at this point, the galaxy really need to bunker, bunker down and find guys that are willing to fight. Basically say, if you aren't committed 115% to that crest, get out of here. You, we don't need you. And I guarantee Douglas Costa is going to be the first person that walks through that door. Um, so I think that, that this is an untenable situation for the Galaxy because they're signed in with a ton of money and a designated player spot. Buying them out basically precludes them using the designated player spot this year. So it's a, it's a tricky situation. They almost kind of have to deal with it in the sense of they kind of have to keep going with him. But man, it's just, it, it's how he's been a professional at some of the biggest clubs in the world. How does he not understand that that's, that type of post is going to be taken poorly. Like I, I just, how do you not have the self-awareness to be like, huh, maybe I shouldn't do this. No, totally. And, and like you're saying too, I mean, I even saw Mike McGee comment on Twitter, like, yeah, they, this team, and this is where I've been frustrated where I'm like, why are you, why am I seeing you guys patting each other? And why am I seeing you smiling when you flip and lost? Like, yeah, care more about the badge. Let's step it up. Let's, you know, I mean, I, you know, you can't keep comparing them because they are who they are, but it's like, yeah, where's my Mike McGee's? Where's my Robbie Keynes? Where's my Lana Donovan's? And so I just want to see these guys just be half of that. And then, you know, Chicharito shows that he has passion, but I am tired of hearing another, you know, positive, you know, don't give up guys like speech. And then, you know, Sasha Kleshton, obviously, obviously, obviously has, uh, I'm really impressed by how much he, he, you know, comes out for this team. So yeah. Um, I think 
all of us fans are are feeling that way. We we want to win, and it would help us all, <laughs> not just on the table, but in our spirits as well. You know, I, I almost feel like what happens tomorrow night really defines the rest of the season in the sense that they have had. So so again, playing LAFC at LAFC is a very difficult proposition. I'm not going to really get after them for losing that. But this is a game that has consistently beguiled the galaxy in the sense that it's at home. It's against a team that is clearly struggling, bottom of the table, and yet the galaxy will turn in in different performances against these type of teams. They've got to bring it tomorrow night. Like, I mean, it has to be from minute one to minute 90, just absolutely pummeling that San Jose defense. And San Jose's got a good keeper and, and, and their left back is pretty solid but they've just got to keep going and going and going. I mean, they've got to put up like 25 shots because they need to, they need a spark right now. And you can tell it's, it's the season's kind of tenuously hanging in the balance, just that little bit. And if they can put four or five past San Jose at home, just get the blood flowing. I think that could really help them as we go downhill into the playoffs, you know, that could really help get some momentum going on the downhill slope, so to speak. Yep. And if we're up four or five, you know, who cares? Keep, keep hammering it. Like we really need the the win. We really need the motivation. And just on the day seeing, like I said, seeing this, this team really just show us that they're working on their issues and that they're contenders. It's not just, you know, it's not just about making the playoffs. I don't know if you saw Suarez's comment about um, with, with ESPN about coming to MLS and he's had a few offers apparently um, excuse me, you can't see me eye roll, but what I'm getting at is um, like he said, uh, it seems that MLS is all about making the playoffs, but we're, we're more than that. You know, we're, we're going for silverware. I mean, you, you know, we wasted Zlatan's chances and I don't want to do that to Chicharito. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, if we're putting a wish list in. I wouldn't mind if Zlatan came back to play for us. Well, <laughs> I would, um, but it, it, <laughs> it's, it's more the fact that Vanny very clearly said when they were making the open cup run, he said every single, uh, every single chance we have at silverware is, important and again they, then they turn in that different performance against sacramento republic one thing or another but it's clear that at least from vanny and his coaching staff to a couple of players in that front or in that in that locker room that's that's the feeling it's a question for cutting dead weight right now and they've 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 missed on pretty much every major signing they've made uh and they need to start cutting that dead weight now where how far the fat extends is, is another question but they've got to start cutting dead weight and it, and it has to begin like now. And it's either Vanny figuring out which players are going to play for him and play for the crest, or if it's fig- him figuring out like, Hey, who can I rely on? Who can I trust? But it has to happen soon because there is a sense that I, I always feel the locker room is kind of fractured a little bit. And, you know, we got to, you know, like it's between the guys that are clearly just there for a paycheck and the guys that clearly care. Um, I just, I, I think Wednesday is a little bit of a bigger game than just necessarily the California Classico. I think it's a, a, a season, a marker of the season that we may go back to depending on how things go um, as like, hey, this was a rallying moment or hey, you know, we really lost it there. Yeah, I'm just going to add um, a couple more things. Just like, look, Kailini didn't end up coming in and Bale wasn't even wearing LA Galaxy, excuse me, LAFC stuff. So I'm really not worried about those guys. I just don't, I don't feel that um, Bale came in really firing for, for 
LAFC even like spirit wise. So this is a chance for the galaxy to really keep showing up um, and not, not worry about, you know, who their opponents are, are adding, you know? Um, so you made it this far, please stick around. We are going to talk about the U S women's national team, and we'll give you a taste of what's to come uh, for surf break pod um, regarding angel city FC and San Diego waves game that just, they both, uh, <laughs> this is rivalry week, as we say, uh, U.S. women national team actually barely beat Mexico yesterday, uh, 1-0, but the U.S. women have already clinched um, their 2023 World Cup qualification. Yeah, uh, the Mexico game was kind of fascinating in the sense that Mexico had to win that game and yet played like they had to, like, Mexico basically played for the draw, knowing they had to win the game. It was really quite, I was, I was, I was actually very surprised by that. And, and the Mexican women's national team kind of has a little bit of a, 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 a cultural issue in the sense that the head coach is not very popular. And, and the sense I get is that it's kind of a matter of when, not if she gets fired. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy with the way that qualification went. I think they were in a tough group. I mean, Jamaica is a, a bit of a tricky team and, and Haiti underratedly good. They got through both those games relatively easy uh Vlaco tried some new stuff out against Mexico didn't really work and Vlaco's talked a lot about his frustration with dealing with low block four five one teams that reared its ugly head again uh last night it was um they need to be a little bit quicker a little bit sharper um they allow teams to take the tempo down when they need to be the ones that are constantly driving the tempo but that's all things you can fix before 2023 you have time you have a couple of camps and he used this camp very well in the sense that he found a lot of new uh, younger options you know i I'm, I'm bummed that that i we didn't get to see kofi just yet but i'm excited to see her on the pitch as a san diego fan seeing uh Korniak was amazing uh, but yeah no it, it just it, it it feels like they they handled this pretty well um but the mexico game i think was a little bit more experimental as for san diego versus angel city fc i, I it, one of those games right where it's just San Diego played pretty well. Angel City played fantastically. This was going to be a good rivalry. Both teams are very good. Uh, it, it was. It had drama. It had intrigue. It had everything you wanted. And I think uh, as we move forward, I'm excited to see these two teams play against each other consistently because I think this is going to be fun. Yeah, um, it's interesting that they played during the international break. So I was at that game and we just couldn't see some of the, the star players that we wanted to. Angel City has been struggling with injuries um so you know actually angel city has been really hard to um to to get their midfield together um it's 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 um you know they they were struggling with losses even before um you know they signed uh sydney laroe and um and it seems like a lot of the criticism I know from Galaxy fans who are listening is like, well, they're too affiliated with LAFC and like they were just a team that was thrown together. But I've really seen such passion and atmosphere there. I know Galaxy fans that are there uh, supporting. So I say, you know, come to a game, come to come to. And that's the thing. San Diego literally only had like 10 supporters in their away section. And I know that that there's more supporters out there. Um, Jamie was there. And that's why I'm referring you guys to not only because Christian and Jamie have the San Diego Wave podcast, but because the passion that Jamie and Christian have for San Diego Wave, you know, are 
expand beyond simply soccer and you know i titled this simply soccer for us to be able to cover it but yeah go ahead quickly i want to go to bat for san diego real quick la had a pre-built fandom network to uh, to to kind of plug into both between the galaxy and lafc san diego was basically built from scratch in the span of three months so they had to build a roster have to figure out where to play have to hire a gm have to hire you know a head coach front office etc 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 so the fact that San Diego has sold out every one of their home games up to this point is actually kind of impressive. Uh, so I, I think you're going to see that culture grow more where Angel City could plug into pre-constructed, you know, a pre-constructed framework that, that, they, that they could pull from. San Diego has to build that framework. And so I think that's why you're going to see a couple of these early, you know, uh, rivalry games where maybe there isn't that many of traveling fans simply because it's, you know, the sirens or, or you know, just re, like building something. And I think that's a kind of a fascinating, you know, yin yang between these two clubs. And I, 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 um, I would direct you all to come to surf break. We talk about women's soccer and it's fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is going to be a great rivalry and a great rivalry for not just Southern California, but for NWSL and women's soccer in this country in general. Yeah. And it's really fun. Um, the sirens actually use bubbles, um, you know, while, while Angel City has got smoke bombs. So, um, it's, it's really, really fun. Um, you know, again, you know, Angel City just needs a defense that's going to be able to push the ball up. There's, you know, a midfield where the players don't stay in their positions. Um, you know, um, sorry, we've got a little clock ticking. So that's why we're trying to like wrap this up now, but, um, you know, uh, Angel City was giving lots of, pr- of pressure and, you know, but this was the game where I thought that they played their best against San Diego wave. And I was really, uh, impressed that they actually got the win. So, um, yeah, thanks so much again for tuning in and we'll refer you over to surf break pod for more. We will see you soon after uh, after the the uh, the last or the last. Well, now we have the amended uh, Classico later this year, you know, so at least a little bit of a break from rivalry games. And um, definitely keep an eye out because the Eliazar House magazine will be dropping this weekend. And we will talk to you soon.